Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 15 of the Stream Queens. I know! Is it really 15? It's 15. Lucky 15. Oh, my God. Yes. So, yeah, we're back for episode 15 on the podcast where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films you can stream on Netflix. Uh, I'm your host, Rachel, and joining me today is my favorite body-snatching demon hunter, Mars. This week was a little hard to come up with one. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. heard the Sometimes rating. they come very naturally. Yeah. And then this week's, I was like, how do I, I was like, my well, favorite schizophrenic. No, no, no. So that's not okay. Does that mean that I'm a body snatcher who hunts demons or do I hunt demons who are body snatchers? Your favorite body snatching demon hunter. Am uh, I the body snatcher? I'm, I'm okay. So body hyphen snatching hyphen demon. Ah, hunter. okay. Yeah. That changes it. I was hearing <laughs> body snatching comma demon hunter. I mean, do you have a preference? No. I actually don't. I feel like you're well, here's the thing is um I feel like you are identified more with one of these characters. Mm-hmm. And uh he is of the hunter variety. Mm-hmm. And so that is where this came I did from. I see a lot of tendencies. There is a Mars <laughs> move in this thing like nobody's business it involves a knife, a table, and some duct tape. <laughs> So, uh, the movie we're talking about today is They Look Like People. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this was a Mars pick, and I've, I'm so excited to talk about this one. Uh, but before we get started, Mars, it's been a while. It's been a long minute. Can you remind everybody what our spoiler policy is? We are going to spoil the entire thing, the whole thing from beginning to end, and probably actually from end to beginning, because we tend you to... You know how we do. It tends, you know those movies where like you start kind of at the end and then you the whole movie is what's leading up to what we saw in the very first scene. It's basically what we'll do with this movie. We're gonna if just... we ever rename our podcast, we're gonna have to name it like the In Media Res podcast because we turn every movie, no matter what movie it is, into a movie that starts like at the end and then cuts back to the beginning. <laughs> like those movies where it's the scene and then it like freeze frames and you hear the voiceover. It's like I bet you're wondering how I got into this incident. <laughs> I feel like if there was a movie about your life, that would be the format. (laughs) (laughs) It would like end up with you in a trunk or something or like some crazy thing. Well, it all started three weeks ago. One of those. And then it would cut to a liquor store. (laughs) That's where I went in my head too. Really? Yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, we we both know you well. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, okay. I don't have a warm up question this week because... A lot has been happening yeah. since we last recorded. And I don't even want to waste time with that shit. I just want to know. And I know the listeners want to know, or I'm assuming they do. Uh, what the fuck have you been up to? So I'm glad. I'm actually glad we're skipping warm up question because I have, well, I have many stories. <laughs> but you can choose what to keep and what to what to share and what to keep for yourself. Okay. Um, but to update anyone who doesn't know, I, a couple months ago, moved back to Oregon. Um <laughs> Moved in to my mom's house, which is in a cemetery and is straight up haunted. <laughs> um, but not with malicious, mean right. energies. It's just things that like to open drawers and like move some things and make noises and stuff like that. Nothing too Just OCD ghosts. That's fine. Yeah. Well, maybe opposite because they just open drawers and stuff instead of like making sure everything's secure. But um, which are things that I've been aware of because, you know. My mom's lived in this house since I was in my 20s. So mm-hmm. it's been a minute. I've just never actually lived in this house. And I've never spent a lot of time in this house. 
And the story I wanted to tell you that I, it, and it happened in daylight. It was morning. And uh-huh. I was like, I got up, got on the computer to go, go to work, quote unquote. And, you know, it was like maybe 8 a.m. And I went downstairs to get okay. another cup of coffee. And my mom had made hard boiled eggs. So I grabbed an egg out of the fridge. I was walking over to the trash can to peel it. And as I stepped up to the trash can, the kitchen chair that my grandma sits in skittered across the floor. No. And you know, okay, you know when you move a chair that's empty and it makes it, it just slides, you know, and it's a slide sound. But then if someone's sitting in it and it goes, oh, no. So it went, and I stopped and I was like, so then I did the walk from the the refrigerator to the trash can like eight times because they're like maybe i shifted a floorboard maybe the wind from my body moved the chair but i was like everything were you moving everything (laughs) in my power to be like and so i'm like dancing around like i'm jumping around the chair being like what floorboard was it because i know it was a floorboard it's fucking ethereal ass off right (laughs) so then when i stupid humans (laughs) when i couldn't get it to move again so i do this thing i don't know why but every time I believe like there's a killer in the back of my car that got in while I was parked at night at the movie theater or something, or there's a killer in the house or there's, you know, whatever. For some reason, I, be- I have this belief. Well, it's not even for some reason. It's based on the fact that in all the movies, the killer hides, right? And yeah. kind of stalks you around. And until you realize he's there, he's hiding for a reason, right? Like right. he doesn't want to be seen yet. So when I think that there's someone in the house or in the back of my car... I will, like, to the point of theatrical obviousness, be like, oh, so glad I'm alone in my car right now. Guess I'll sing really weird to the radio because there's no one. Or I'll walk around the house and be like, I'm going to just walk around by myself in the house that I'm alone in because there's no monsters here. So, like, I try, like, I don't know why this is my default You have, like, defense. some weird reverse psychology with your Yeah, where I make perpetrators. I, I somehow believe that, like, if I don't acknowledge... You're just trying not to force a confrontation. Right. If I, like, I believe that if I think... If I can make the killer believe that I haven't noticed them yet, they'll continue to hide. Right? Right. Because they have an endpoint, and if I don't reach it first, then they're just going to keep hiding. So now I'm sitting there being like, there's a fucking ghost in my kitchen. So I'm at the... And I'm, like, my hands are shaking. I'm, like, peeling an egg in the trash can being like... Mm, this egg is gonna be so good oh my God. can't wait to go back to work <laughs> oh i'm like almost in tears but trying to be like oh my allergies oh my god okay so i want to know is there any update on the weird person that keeps showing up at babyland gardens so oh they didn't explain what babyland gardens is first okay. of all so the cemetery that my house is in has a section in the middle and it's like straight up like bordered by hedges and it's got a big plaque in the front called and it says babyland gardens and it's where they bury the infants oh my god so one night i can't remember did i text you the same night or was it the next day i think it might have been the next day i think it was the next day yeah because it was like kind of late when it happened my mom's walking around locking all the doors and i come out of the bathroom or something and she's just standing at the front door like staring like all the lights are and she's just staring i was like what's up and she's like there's someone in the cemetery and i was like mom like High school kids come into the cemetery to smoke pot all the time and, right. like, drink illegal beer and whatever. So, I was like, it's probably just kids. Like, it's fine. And she's like, no, they have their headlights on and they're walking around in the cemetery. And I was like, oh, God. So, we go upstairs. We're watching the Yeah, that's the a weird thing. Like, you, if somebody's walking around my front yard, that's weird. Like, you know, there's no, there's no good reason why they should be walking. But your house is sort of like this mix of private and public property. Yeah. Like, even though... The, 
it's a home and it's obviously a home like the house looks residential it's not like the house looks like a mausoleum or something quote-unquote legitimate reasons for strangers to be walking around your house that's so creepy yeah right and it's like and people use the cemetery as like a dog walking park so there's just constantly people like it's so weird it's such a weird dynamic but so i go upstairs and i look out the window and like sure shit it's raining because it's oregon and there's a car parked with the headlights on, which, like, you know, the teenagers obviously don't want to get caught, so they don't just no. sit there with their car running with the and headlights on. And they're also on. not out there drinking in the rain. No, right? And if anything, they go up to the top of the cemetery that's, like, kind of close to the woods. Mm-hmm. Or they go to the Pioneer Cemetery, which is in the woods, and no one can see them. You have a them. Pioneer c- Cemetery? Oh, yeah. The you? second half of the cemetery is the Pioneer Cemetery of people who died in, like... Like, everybody died of dysentery? Like, end of the Oregon Trail style. Oh, my God. Your house is so fucking haunted. Yeah. Right? I hope your rent is like a dollar. <laughs> anyway, so this sorry, car sorry. in the rain, and it's like one of those creepy movie things where like you can see the rain and the headlights of the car. Oh, my God. And this person's out there with their cell phone light. So you can <laughs> no. see the light bobbing around, and you can see them kind of stumbling in the mud, and they're fucking straight up in Babyland Garden. Oh, no. And they're stumbling around forever, and my mom and I are just watching them because... At this point, we're just super, super curious. Of course. And then they were stumbling around in the, in the rain and the mud. And obvi- like it just seemed obvious that they were looking for a grave in particular. Because all the Babyland garden graves are the like the flat headstones that are flush on the ground, not the ones that stand oh, up. Oh, okay. They're the plaque ones. Okay. So you, like, you could tell that they were shining the light looking for a specific plaque, which is alarming for two reasons. One, the obvious. They're stumbling around an infant cemetery in the middle of the night. <laughs> Two, they're obviously not familiar with where this grave is. If it was their infant, they would know where it is, right? But they're stumbling around in the dark looking for a grave that they have not visited or have infrequently visited, right? So they're looking, looking, looking. We're watching, obviously. We're, like, from darkened windows, too, so nobody can see that we're watching. And I'm so glad that my mom is on the same level as I am with this stuff because, you know. (laughs) After, like, maybe five minutes and it's, like, pouring rain. All we can see is, like, headlights, car headlights, you know, illuminating some legs or whatever. Oh, my God. So, so you can't upsetting. see You can't see the top half of the person. So, all of a sudden, in the headlights, a dust cloud because someone emptied ashes onto the grave that they located. I, you didn't tell me this. That's fucking crazy. At least they weren't digging anything up. I was picturing no. them looking for like baby pinky bones or something. <laughs> <laughs> for like voodoo curses. Yes. But your neighborhood is so weird, man. I thought my neighbors were crazy, but your neighbors are dead people and and like nighttime and yet somehow there's ash sprinklers. It's so I. It, What's almost alarming is that I feel like every time I move, it gets crazier and crazier, Ooh. which means that like, what's going to be, what's going to top what's the cemetery? Next? Yeah. All right. So I feel warmed up. Do you feel warmed up? I feel very warmed up. All right. Good. So let's talk about how they look like people. This was a you pick. Mm-hmm. Tell me how and why you came to pick this one. Um, I think I picked it because it had a creepy picture. Um, totally legitimate reason. The description sounded interesting to me uh to recap because i know it's been a minute since <laughs> the last episode where we talked about what it was about but it's about um this guy named wyatt who's receiving these phone messages they're basically telling him that there's a war that's coming and that the demons are taking over people and so they might look like his neighbors his co-workers his friends but they're actually monsters and he needs to prepare and he's 
this special chosen person who can sense when they're around. And so he goes to visit his old friend Christian. And, like, based on old photos that we see, it seems as though they've been friends since, like, high school probably. Because yeah. I think there's, like, a prom photo kind yeah. of. Oof, that photo, though. <laughs> I know, the really hair. Upsetting. All the hair and all the clothes. <laughs> and he goes to visit Christian in New York. And the voices are telling him, you can't save your friend. You need to leave. But he decides to stay anyway. And then he's preparing for this war and like, Christian's You're basement. not supposed to go into the city. Yeah, don't go into the cities. That's what, like, the way it was. It wasn't like the city, don't go to New York. It was like, don't go into the cities, which is one of those things that, like, you know, like, what's that book, The Zombie Survival Guide, mm-hmm. where they're like, when you start seeing signs, go out in the country because if you're in a city, you're done. Like, like you're not making it out of San Francisco. You're not making it out of New York. You're not making it out of Portland. Like, you are. You're done. Yeah. You may as well just hold up and wait for starvation or weather to take you because you're not, that's the best you can do. Yeah. Okay. So this movie, I did a little research about it. Um, it's directed by Perry Blackshear. And this is actually his like feature film debut. This, oh, okay. Yeah. It had a very like low budget feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way things were framed, it had one of those like indie movie kind of feelings to it. Like it had yeah. a lot of like good production value aspects to it. Mm-hmm. Like the sound design blew me away on this. Oh. It was amazing. Yeah. But you know, and so it wasn't like, oh, it seemed like an indie movie because it was kind of crappy. It just yeah. had that quality to it. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is, okay, so like he decided basically he wanted to make a movie and so he bought tickets for his two friends to fly from, I think, from L.A. to New York or New York to L.A., one or the other. And, like, he had the script that he was going to do. And, like, right before they came, he threw it out. He didn't even know what they were going to make when they got there. Really? Yeah. And these are friends that he's had for years and years and years. And this is the movie that they made. Are you serious? Right. This it's guy is fucking a genius. Crazy, right? And so that's probably why some of that indie feeling is happening is because a lot of it, I think, is, like improv yeah and it's why one of the things that i really liked about this movie spoiler alert i really liked this movie Me too. a lot is good but, i'm so glad i was worried no this, i was honestly I knew, worried i knew in the first scene that i was gonna like this movie because it opens and it's so freaking creepy right away that like the atmosphere and sense of dread with that like the woman who you can't see anything because she's so in shadow yeah. but it just holds on it and then cuts to the sound of like the buzzing yeah. flies i was like oh this gonna be good yeah. <laughs> so i watched it last night for the second time because okay. the first time i watched it was closer to when we originally were gonna shoot or record this episode uh-huh. and then i rewatched it obviously last night because it's been a couple of months and so i don't know if it was just like my, my imagination because i knew what was gonna happen but in that very first scene you can kind of start to see her jaw elongating like it's not making as much... that, like that noise yeah Ugh. see this is what i'm saying about the sound design like there's so much like and it wasn't even just the visceral like body sounds of yeah. like skeletons realigning and flesh splitting open it was like even just the sounds of like his plastic suit wrinkling or like footsteps or him the ambient un- noise undoing the, yeah. the cap on the bottle of acid you know things like that it just was so good the energy between the people like the friendship felt very natural and very genuine mm-hmm. and that's because it actually was okay i didn't know that but i did get that feeling and i know that we've talked about it before about dialogue in movies being like Feeling real, feeling natural. Like nat- and, yeah. Exactly. And that this had a lot of those. Even just like little, like when someone says something and the other guy's just making the, oh, I heard you grunt kind mm-hmm. of, you know, it just felt 100% like a real interaction. 
And now that makes sense yeah. because it basically was. I don't know. Like, I already really liked this movie before I read all about that. But it just made me like it even more because it's like this labor of love between friends. It also really explains the whole scene when they get drunk and play the sock game. And the, the... I loved that scene <laughs> love... so much. He's like, I caught it with the gauntlet. He's like, no, it doesn't see? count when do you catch it with the gauntlet. Do you see? Do you see how I'm catching it? Do you see it? I caught it, and then they're just like, what was the gray bloopy or whatever when they yeah. wear the blankets? <laughs> oh my god that i love i feel like they really got drunk and did that shit right? don't you and then i love that it ends where they're falling asleep and christian's still wearing the gauntlet socks and he's like talking about like i want a million kids and Wyatt's laying on the floor like making sure his safety hammer is under his pillow yes, i totally <laughs> noted that i was like that is that was such a great scene because like christian is still totally unaware of what's happening with wyatt below him and he's like having this like heart-to-heart moment and why it's like i got my hammer right just making sure like yep okay still good all right and they're just wasted oh, oh i loved man. i loved that scene so much yeah there was a lot of really great stuff in this like the thing about when you know when he's i said it's the mars moment where he immediately gets there and like starts setting up his command center in the basement and the thing where he like tapes it and then he practices reaching for it so he i can, was like, like that is how mars and he, attaches like, things right no it is That's did you big. feel very seen yes! by that moment <laughs> Because, like, especially when he reaches the first time and misses, and I'm like, well, that's why you practice. Like, that was the thought that I had. <laughs> I totally was cracking up when I saw it. Oh, my God. I, in my notes, I was like, that is such a Mars move. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like, we know that Wyatt is kind of having this nervous breakdown, but, like, the thing is, is this movie, even though it's told mostly through Wyatt's perspective, they do a good job of fleshing out both of the characters mm-hmm. and their relationship so that when we do get to the like sort of final scene, the stakes are really high. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that both men are actually technically hearing voices. So Wyatt is listening to the voices in his head, mm-hmm. whereas Christian through the whole movie is listening to the recordings of like... Oh, that's right. Yes. So they're both kind of like working out their insecurities and their fears with these voices and being totally influenced by them. In the case of Wyatt, it's like believing that there's this income, like this upcoming war with the, the people that are taking over yeah. humans. And for Christian, it's like trying to battle his insecurity. Yeah. Because he, like, he has, he's obsessed with, like, becoming manly because he was, like, I guess, like, a skinny kind of wimpy kid. Yeah. And we find out also something happened. I don't know that we ever find out exactly what happened with the fiancé breaking it off. Yeah, other than it just, it happened, but we don't, I don't think we ever go into why. I mean, he says something about, like, I'm going to be a dad. And so I wonder, did they, like, lose a baby or something? Maybe. And he's, like, I want kids. I want lots and lots and lots of kids. And so... It's unexplained, but I feel like there's something or maybe, there. And I didn't get all of this in uh-huh. either time that I watched it. But now that you bring it up, like, Oops. I mean, maybe it was like he couldn't father children because it goes back to the whole oh, I need to be manly thing. That's actually a good point. Maybe he couldn't yeah. have kids. I don't know. I mean, I, mean I know they don't really go into it, but it's interesting. And then, like, one of the, one of the underlying things that I did pick up is it seemed to be, like, one of those like you're a man but you can have feelings too kinds of movies you know in the end like especially in the end when right after it resolves and he's like dude we forgot to hug you know and it's like kind of one of those it's okay to be i mean this movie ultimately is it even though it's 
it is very much has like a lot of horror movie tropes. It's like actually kind of this bromance movie. Right? Yeah. Where it's about sort of the power of friendship. Yeah. And it is very healing for both of them. Like in the case of Wyatt, like it's the thing that ultimately stops him from thinking like my friend is turning into this monster yeah. and it's kind of a story of like how important it is for people who are like, having mental illness to have support system around them and mm-hmm. friends in fact let me let me finish this thought and then don't let me forget i actually okay. have another thought about that um and then for for christian it's kind of like that's the thing that finally makes him feel manly like he he is afraid that he would pee his pants if someone pulled a gun on him and he's so obsessed with not being a wimp yeah. Um. That he finally does something really brave and finds out that he actually is braver than he thinks he is. Yeah. So they both kind of have this little like catharsis around both of their problems. Um. The thing I want to double back to is the reason that um Perry Blackshear, the guy that wrote, directed, edited, did everything on this mm-hmm. movie, um, he actually wrote this about a friend he had who had like a nervous breakdown and later told him like. You know, if I didn't have my friends around me, I don't know what would have happened. To oh, me. Wow. and so like he's kind of trying to tell the story in a horror format. Yeah. So that, I wonder if I mean that I feel like that's part of what makes this ring true is like it comes from a real personal place. Like yeah. That. Well, and it's while it might have horror elements that are not you know like the voices and the visions and whatever mm-hmm. and things that are not. I think even if you're not fully aware, like you get that sense of like, this is real world horror. This is yeah. like, you know, maybe angels are not going to call me on my cell phone to tell me that demons are taking over. But like, you can tell that there's that struggle of like, what is real? What am I really, what do I do? Because what if I'm wrong? What if I choose to believe this is just mental yeah. illness and ignore it? And then shit happens what if i follow it and shit happens yeah. you know yeah and like like that scene where he's up on the roof with the nail gun and you get that feeling where he's gonna shoot people and like all like and at this point the first time i saw it i wasn't i still wasn't sure where it was going yeah because it's kind of it's not quite early quote unquote but it's you know first half ish yeah and, and you don't know if is it a horror movie like a monster movie or is it a horror movie about a crazy person? Right. Yeah. yeah. So then you're kind of thinking like, is this going to be like a Son of Sam situation where he's like, I'm getting divine messages that are saying I need to kill everybody, you yeah. know? And I'm really glad he didn't. But like, you know, that was one of those tense. Mo- oh my god. That part made me scared just in real life because he's just standing above them with that nail gun, looking down on people, and it, they're so vulnerable and they have no idea that he's up there. <sighs> And you just kind of go like, ooh. Because that show happens yeah. in real life. Yeah. And it, like, and God knows how many people go up there with the nail gun and don't shoot it. And we never know, you right? know, that like how many people step back from that, that it's like, oh. Well, that's what's so interesting about this movie is that he could be in other movies just a monster, mm-hmm. like, you know, hunting people. But this movie shows him as a really damaged human, like a, an, uh, like a mentally ill like sickness yeah human but he's a human first mm-hmm. there's so that you have a lot of empathy for him yeah you know what i mean like there's a scene later on where he's with the love interest and you know like you're like oh this is the part of the movie where he goes off the deep end and he kills the girl yeah it, the one when they're in the basement that well uh, that part but then later or, when he meets her on the street like she's she managed him. to get away and then 
she she's like okay come with me yeah like that's the part where he turns and kill you know what i mean in a yeah. normal movie and also and but that doesn't happen that right. totally defied my expectations and it also defied my expectations because i kept waiting for the quote-unquote normal one to do that thing where he turns on his friend where he's like you're just too much for me yeah and that never happens no like, like that he, christian has such a high level of trust and support that he like and like you can see it starting to happen when White hands him the note and Christian starts to realize, like... That scene is intense, right? too. And then, like, the next morning when they're kind of, like, kind of talking about it mm -hmm. and White tries to make that joke where he's, like, you know, where Christian's, like, can you slice some cheddar cheese? And White's, like, oh, good thing I brought my hatchet. And White... Yeah. And Christian doesn't laugh. Yeah. And White's, like, okay, so I can't joke my way out of this. And yeah. Christian's, like, hey, I tried to kill myself last year. We're gonna have a real conversation about what's going on with you. And yeah. from there on, like into the basement where Christian's playing along and he's like, you know what? He, like, you know, he lets him, he lets White he's like, you can't him. trust you, but I'm going to trust you. Yeah. Like, it is a really beautiful movie about a friendship. Yeah. Because. It is intense. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't go for any of the melodrama that would come with something like the revelation that someone that you are close to is actually severely mentally ill and having a psychotic break. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't played for, like, drama at all. Like, you could see, like, he responds with this total, I mean, like, his response, first of all, is he clearly does not know what the fuck to do, which is exactly how you feel, yeah. right? Yeah. But then it's with total kindness. Also, this movie is pretty creepy. Oh, it my is, God. It is, it is very unsettling. I don't normally get, I mean, I, I can get chills and stuff. Like, the last movie we watched, The Pact, definitely gave me you know the heebie mcjeebies but but this movie made me genuinely uncomfortable in moments that i have not felt since insidious there are just some visual moments that stick with you like this is yeah. this is horror slideshow fuel like this is there are some images yeah. that are now in my slideshow from this movie what's amazing about it is how well he, he just capitalizes on small but like really genuinely real life scary things like disembodied voices are scary and it's like the mothman style where it's like layered that multiple voice, voices that voice that they use for this like the voice of who you know who, who's calling him on his broken cell phone in the middle of the night yeah um is totally chilling and then when it starts to describe the story about how like they were in Babel or they were in the golgotha golgotha yeah like they were at the the what is it solomon's solomon's temple yeah like and it fits with the i like how schizophrenia works with like these grandiose ideas yeah. um but it, it it and by making it almost like biblical it adds this oh. layer of mythology that's so unsettling and i just got goosebumps thinking about it again but when he after he meets maya and then uh -huh. she becomes the voice on the phone and he's down in the basement and she goes Wyatt is something in the basement with you. And then it cuts <gasps> oh, out. I know. <laughs> and just like just the got... lights cutting out in the basement. And the fact so that she scary. said is something in the basement. Not is and like someone... and the voice starts to crackle. Yeah. Oh, oh I just got I'm full body chills, chills again. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I is there anything more sinister than the sound of buzzing flies? Right. Not, I mean, and that's the signal that he's starting to have like one of his his disassociative moments or yeah. whatever. And it is so genuinely chilling when it happens. And what's interesting is the other thing that this movie does is it makes, like, when things don't happen, really scary. Like, I keep, because you keep expecting every face 
to warp and right. change. And when they don't, it it feels like a jump scare. Yeah. And it's great because they save that reveal towards the almost the very end. And when it happens, <sighs> it is even though it's small things. Yeah. It is really well and really disturbing. Even after you see it happen to Maya, like after she punches him or whatever, and then her face changes, and he's describing it to Christian later. Like her he's describing ears extend or smile extends beyond yeah. her ears, and then like he was like, and her head split open, and something came out, and all this like it's stuff we didn't even see, but yes. it's like like we just saw the early stages of whatever it is that he's hallucinating. Yeah, and I mean the eyes were oh. upsetting. <laughs> yeah that was that was a that was i mean we've seen white eyes we've seen evil eyes i don't think i've ever seen pupils melt and drift to the right right and, and then the, and the, way... the smile how it's an unnatural and that's what i'm saying like it takes it it just totally capitalizes on things like the uncanny yeah in a way that is chilling and it, something about the fact that the pupils didn't float up which is the norway normal i would you know like even if it flitted up and they're just white like that's creepy sure but the fact that they went sideways because it's unexpected right and it's just you're right like these little detail things to make it just that much creepier like had they gone up it probably wouldn't be sticking with me as much but the fact that they went and they both went the same yeah. direction like yeah mm. The other thing, and I know we're just like naming scares now, but I know. <laughs> they're the dream sequence. I was just going to bring up the dream sequence. As something as simple as that, like, uncanny smile on Christian's face while the masked man walks up With behind him. With that intense him. eye contact. It was... And nothing even, like, the, there's no blood, there's no ripping, there's no tearing. It's no. Just, just the fingers pressed into his forehead at the beginning of Ugh. what is going to be, you were yeah. sure, a, him tearing his skull open. It's enough, though. <sighs> it This movie, has it masters the art of subtlety and, like, what you don't see being better than what you do. Oh, God, you know? yeah. And in that final scene where they're in the basement, just... Sorry, just the rattling of the of paper, paper bag. bag. I think putting the paper bag on was genius because it took like this very benign, friendly character we found start you know, we you know, learned to love. Yeah. By putting that over him and dehumanizing him in that way and changing his silhouette, when he does the thing where his body language changes and he drops his head forward, every <sighs> movement after that, even though it's just a man with a paper bag on his head, is so creepy oh my god right and when and the bag starts, starts to change to shape like and... popcorn style Ugh. you know like when you microwave popcorn style i mean i was eating microwave popcorn at the time so <laughs> it makes sense and but, then when it but just, that simple thing right it's just these little so like I what mean, you're imagining happening inside that bag oh my god and then when he's it shows the spit out rag and all the blood and the teeth. And you're like, oh, that's right. Oh, I yeah. just watched it this afternoon, but there's this, I had forgotten about the teeth. It's kind of sensory overload. Like, I think I've, this has happened before where I watch a movie twice and yeah. you've only seen it once. And then like, you, I'm like, oh, and the teeth. And you're like, that's right, the teeth. Oh, yeah. Or like when he tries to, I also thought of you in this, when he tries to nail gun his own hand and it jams every, and then he shoots it into the pillar and it like, yeah. Like, and all I could think when he was, nail gunning his hand it's like oh rachel is squirming right now you know me and yeah i i was uh pretty freaked out body violence 
Yeah. Oh, so, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. Overall, I think this movie is a great portrayal of mental illness. Like I said, it's like very humanizing and it's a total empathy machine, you know, and that's when mm-hmm. movies are at their best. They're giving you a view of an of a life that's not yours and making you feel like you're walking in the shoes of that person. And it makes you a more empathetic person. And I, I know that sounds like very lofty for, you know, a little indie horror movie we watched today, but I think this meets that test. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, what was that Ryan Reynolds one? Voices? Yeah, I just just rewatched that. Where you're kind of like, actually, it was maybe I can't remember what I watched now, but Voices just recently came up as like a suggestion. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm emotionally it's ready so, to watch that it movie is, again. I just rewatched it. It is sadder the second time because like in the beginning, when you don't understand what's going on and he's so excited to get free pizza, and you're just thinking about those st- stacks of pizza boxes, it is. Yeah, it's so, a it's it's a rough second view. I haven't tried it. I haven't felt. I don't know that I recommend it. (laughs) I haven't felt mentally or emotionally ready for it, but it's kind of like, you know, one of those views into mental illness where you're like, it feels more real than, you know, like you hear things, you experience it by watching other people, you know, whatever, but Mm -hmm. like movies like this where it's actually like, like the buzzing sensation and the like, like you almost are with him and waiting to see whose face is going to turn. And then when they don't, you're like, well, now I fucking don't know what to do, you yeah. know? And it's just very like, it's a lot of lingering, a lot of lingering emotions after those kinds of movies. Yeah. And I, I think usually you don't see the internal struggle of the characters like totally fleshed out as this, where he, the the voices, the mantra is constantly reminding him like, they're the people closest to you. They look, they're not. Who yeah, you think no they one are. can be trusted. Not yeah, no one can be trusted. And like his, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not a psychologist, but like, let's just use terms wrong. <laughs> so like his, like, you know, ego is like his main persona is like, I'm not a killer. This is not who I am. Mm-hmm. This, you know, but every person in an extreme situation could kill. Yeah. And so there's this other part of his psyche who is is making that scenario a reality for yeah. him. Like it's setting up those stakes for him so that this person who we can all identify with and have empathy for, part of his mind is betraying him and making him this monster. But you can still see that struggle and who he is as a person that makes it him not a monster, yeah. but like actually a victim. And you don't normally see those kinds of depictions about the mentally ill. Right. Yeah. Which is, I think a more accurate way to see them because all we see is the repercussions of what their actions are. And we can't necessarily see just like the absolute struggle that's happening internally. And this movie does a good job of doing that. And it is, it does it as a horror movie, which immediately, you know, makes me even more like ready to buy in to yeah. this my genre because not only like is it a very real good message but it's creepy as fuck it is it is genuinely i mean like i don't want to overhype it for people who are gonna be like this is not this movie is not scary but it is i i watched unsettling. it by myself this morning and i was almost unbearably tense in moments yeah and they were very quiet moments this movie is not a splashy kind of thing Mm-mm. it's they're very quiet moments like what it it does this thing where it just makes you wait and it makes you dread what you're going to see and it doesn't give it to you yeah and And that makes it somehow more effective 
Because it's like you somehow stay tense the whole time, but it's not exhausting. Because then we go to Christian and his workplace and trying mm-hmm. to date Maya and being sad about where his life is and whatever. And so we get a little well, bit I literally of a break. Liked, I, I liked really Maya love a Maya. Lot. So often female characters are just there as like motivation for male characters. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of the rare times where like she very much felt like a real person. Yeah. But not like a manic pixie dream girl kind of person. No. But like you can yeah. see why he really liked her. Yeah. And I, I, one of my favorite scenes is when she fires him. Yeah. Like, you can see her trying to be, like, her hard business self. And, like, she doesn't soft pedal it. They don't make her, like, she, I like that she kind of is really straightforward about it. And then she's, when she sees, like, his little motivational cards, like, you can see her heart just fucking oh. breaks. And I, I I can totally identify with that character, like, feeling like, oh, God, I don't want to fucking do this. But yeah. it's business and business well, is business. But then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, my God, I really hurt this person who's totally Who's vulnerable. a real, like, boss me needs to do this, but this is a human. And, like, in the beginning, he mentions, like, oh, she's only worked at the company for five months and she's already gotten two promotions. Yeah. And, like, she talks about – or he talks about how she's, like, this crazy, like, business go-getter. Like, I get what I want and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, like, you already have this built up of, like, she's She's all made business. men cry and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And – But she's not, like, a ball buster. And that's and, – no. And he likes her. Which yeah. makes me like Christian more that that's his type. I know. It's so cute <laughs> that, like, his – like one of his first scenes is his Google search how to ask out your boss. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the whole thing is I love that like these two people, both of them are really struggling with what to do and looking to outside sources mm-hmm. for that help. Yeah. Like like Wyatt does not know what to do and so he has these voices feeding him information. And and Christian is like listening to self-help tapes and every situation he's in he's like Google Google Google. Yeah. Cuz he's like how do you be to a friend to a friend in need? You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> How do you ask out your boss? I I also really like this is only kind of, I mean, it's related because it's the movie, but yeah. it's and another, I just remembered that there was a moment that I liked when, in the beginning, when they're going out to meet the girls and Sandy has fallen and smashed her face on the sidewalk and why it's like super personable, like EMT stuff, like, yeah. hey, let me, can I just look into the light real quick? Oh, you look great tonight, you know, and like all this. And it was just, and even, though, you know, when he's talking to Christian in other moments and stuff and it just... It more so gave that, like, this is a person who's straight up struggling with very real things outside, interacting with the world completely, like, if anything, better than most people. Like, he just gives you a hint of who he is when he doesn't have this going on. And he just had this straight up, very personable, like, bedside manner, like, hey, I know it sucks what happened. You, like, let me just take a look, you know? And I wonder, does that, was he like an EMT or some sort of medical I don't know, because he definitely seemed to be like, was yeah. immediately like, I need to see if her, di- if her pupils are going to dilate, yeah. you know, like, which is something that I know after the fact, but not something that would occur to me if I yeah. was in a situation where someone I don't know, head. man. You're so good in a crunch. Um, possibly. I might remember to do that. But like, <laughs> you know. But I know what, you, I know what you're saying. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, and I don't know, just the way he like interacts with people when he's not having an episode is very like yeah this dude is like he's really well adjusted until he's not yeah and then he's there hearing thunderclaps that no one else is hearing that are telling him the beginning i I love that sort of apocalyptic kind of vibe that that whole thing has like you'll hear three thunderclaps and that's the beginning yes and so when the first one hit i was like oh ew 
and it's like this empty street and like obviously christian's not hearing it because he's yeah. not reacting at all he's yeah. just asking wyatt about how he managed to Steal break into car. his car yeah. yeah like that dude is clearly spiraling yeah the level of trust that christian puts in him is unbelievable right and i was okay so um i you know i always research these movies after we watch them and the end is very divisive for people i kind of i feel that only because the first time i saw it i hated it really the second time i saw it i was all about it so i was um was really interested to see what you thought because i've been on both sides of the spectrum on this now i was pretty sure i knew how it ended i was like he's gonna pour you know what i mean yeah and they but they prolonged the acid pouring thing so many times that i went back and forth back and forth back and forth and when they didn't i was like wow they really pulled the punch but then i was like no man they earned that ending this movie would be lesser i think and it would have undermined all sort of the thesis like the whole themes of the movie yeah if he had actually poured the acid on his head yeah i think so too and, and like i he... was i was uh you know i wanted to see the creature you know yeah. but then at the end of the day there's no way that the creature would have lived up to what mm-hmm. i was imagining in that bag and the like the craft the film that went into making that scare i i, I ultimately didn't need i didn't need the, the full reveal no and like just like the bloody sock gag with the teeth was yeah. enough to be like some serious shit went on in that bag yeah but then when he pulls it up and it's just christian's puppy dog eyes being like all right man are we done with the game like yeah can we go play gauntlet sock be like yeah you know like and you can see that there's like some level of worry in his eyes where he's like yeah maybe i shouldn't have let my friend gag me and tie me up and put this bag over my head but then yeah he's just you know but i, I and it, it ended both of their journeys in a way that i think any other ending would have undermined it yeah so even though i felt conflicted in the moment like with a second of reflection i was like no i like it i'm into it yeah and so then when i went online and people were like oh man that ending and i was like you just don't get it Sorry. yeah no i'm like I said, like, first time I saw it, I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't want him. I liked that they didn't reveal the monster. Yeah. I liked he didn't pour the acid. But I wanted something else. I just, I didn't know what it was. And then yeah. the second time I watched it, I was like, okay, no, wait. Yeah. I, I think I get it more. Yeah. What this is about. And this is now very Well, I think suitable. the the acid pouring is the more standard, more nihilistic ending. And I kind of liked <clears throat> the message of hope at the end. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't going to be real, like... I would have if it had I would have wanted one of two things. One, the apocalypse really, really was fucking happening. Yeah. Or two, like he is able to kind of pull himself back from from the edge, hopefully long enough to get some help. In my in my imagined, you know, right. future for Christian and Wyatt is that he does get him some help. Yeah, because and that Mara know, forgives him and Yeah. Cause this I want is, happy endings with these guys. This is not like oh, he didn't pour acid on Christian. Now he's healed and we're all better and he's going to go no. back to work and stuff. Like, this is just one more time where the episode ended. You know, like yeah. he's had other hallucination episodes, other auditory hallucination episodes, you know, that ended, obviously. And he went on about yeah. life. This is just another one. It just happened. But this is he... the first time he's not alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's been alone in this illness. He has a psychiatrist, but. That he re- stops seeing because he hears the buzzing with him. So he's yep. like. He's one of them. Yep. He has the mistrust with him. He's not getting treatment. And like, that's the other thing is that mental illness can totally isolate you. Yeah. And so having someone else there 
who now has proven themselves to be trustworthy is what he needs in order to get some help. Yeah. And I think, I th- and I mean, now no, I, before I saw this or before I read about this, like, you know, how it had the ending where, uh, you know, he had this friend who had like, you know, mental illness that got through right. it. Like after having read that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's, that is what he's trying to say with this movie. Yeah. So then the end even made more sense to me. I was just, I mean, I felt a sense of relief because I was actually really invested in these characters Yeah. and it was going to make me sad if he poured acid on the guy's head and he wasn't really a monster. Yeah. yeah. Which is what I thought was going to be the reveal. And then he was going to be like, oh, you know. Yeah. I thought he was, yeah. I thought either that or he was going to pour the acid and it was going to be real. And he was going to be like, I wasn't crazy the whole time. Which would have been like, fine. I would have been fine with that ending as well. It wouldn't have, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Yeah. But I would have had a momentary sort of like, yeah. Yeah, right. Like mm-hmm. if he had poured acid and then outside it was just demons everywhere. And you were like, all right. If it had gone that way, I would have been fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I, it would have felt like a more disposable horror movie that had some really chilling moments. Yeah. Whereas this one, I feel... It's more impactful for yeah. what it is, I think. Because I think it, it... Like, a lot of times, especially with indie movies, you have these sort of ambiguous endings where it's left to your interpretation what happened. Yeah. And I appreciate the lack of ambiguity at this ending. Yeah. You know? Like, it's fine occasionally to just sort of have something left to your... Like, you know... in inception like is he really awake or not right um but also i feel like a lot of times ambiguity is a cop-out because you couldn't come up with an ending and you're just like yeah i'll leave it to you (laughs) and i i kind of applaud their decide they're like no like have a concrete explanation of the ending he is mentally ill he now has the tools and an ally to help him fucking deal with yeah that i'm like okay cool i like an ending he spent that whole movie collecting tools and not a single one was the right one, right? Because yeah. he just keeps buying crowbars and hammers and hatchets and stuff. Yeah. That's such a good point. And he is buying tools. Yeah. He's not buying, like, straight-up weapons. No. They're all tools. Nail guns That's and really packages of nails. and Because he needs tools to deal with what's happening with him. But... but he can't figure out what tool is the right one because he just keeps oh, trying out all so... the tools. He spends the whole time in the basement practicing, with, like, trying to figure out what's the right tool to use. <laughs> when he's, like, selling the axe and the I, I was like, that's Mars on the other end of that transaction. Writing the the ad and he's like, wait, 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 ad American made or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's like, vintage, yeah. good quality American made hatchet and accent. <laughs> oh, that is, I didn't even pick up on the tools thing. That's so interesting. See, this is why I love doing this. And like this movie, I didn't know the background that you had, like that he threw out his original script and like yeah. just threw this together. This, it's just, it's like if this had been a script that someone had spent years writing and going over the details and the visual, mm-hmm. like writing out storyboards and ideas and how we're gonna and sound design stuff, like it already is like a product of genius. But the fact that it came from such a yeah. short amount of time and like. Yeah. It's so tight. Oh, my God. Like, Like if I just decided to shoot a movie one weekend, it would be such a fucking hodgepodge of weird shit. But this movie is tight. Like, everything pays off. Everything has a purpose. Like, just the visuals are so well thought out. Mm-hmm. The sound again, I can't get over the sound design is so well thought out, and oh, it just yeah, like it's it in your he, bones, man. It's creepy. And the way he just taps into those like very like instinctual fear images, you know, like the something in the, the basement fear with you? of unknown. Oh my god, Wyatt, is something in the basement with you? something? <sighs> something in the basement. Just with those you. little detail things that are. It's like not everyone is capable of like 
recognizing the details on what makes something scary and then using it right you know but like ugh. it's so good it's solid it's solid it's, it's real good so what do you think would you recommend this movie i would yeah yeah absolutely i don't think that everyone's gonna get it or mm-hmm. love it as much as i do but it doesn't change the fact yeah. that i would tell everyone to watch it just to see you know like i would not recommend this to a horror fan who is like a gore hound or like okay. really into like the saw type of thing yeah but for people who like you know were into it follows or like a little more psychological horror mm-hmm. i think this is like a totally underseen gem yeah this is gonna be fun to share with people who have a little more patience yeah and the, you know if you're a gore hound like more power to you like i love gore too and you get to like whatever you like but um but yeah they're yeah they're, or if you're like the campy horror kind of like yeah. this probably isn't yeah exactly your game but. but like yeah i'm looking forward to I, I i can already on the top of my head have a handful of people that i'm gonna totally be like you need to see this yeah Especially, and it's on freaking netflix it's so easy i know and it's been on netflix for a while so yeah. i'm afraid it might disappear suddenly so if yeah. you're gonna watch it you should Get watch it, it now because we might be at the tail end of its netflix run yeah who knows though like netflix is so fickle that it, i never oh, know knows. i know um yeah, I, this is one that I wanted to see for a really long time because it, it, I'd seen it kind of bubbling on people's got a good picture. Lives, and it has a good picture, <laughs> but I, I just never got around to it because I was just like, you know, sometimes indie horror can be a bit of a chore. Yeah. But this one is not. Like, and I knew of, a minute in I was I was in for a good time. And the description kind of makes it sound like, um, what is it? Is it They Live with the Glasses? Yeah. Which is yeah. like, you know. I mean, I love They Live. No, I do too, but like. But I don't want to see like a crummy. I don't want to see like an up to date of... version. Yeah. You know, like, or like an updated. I don't know. So, like, but I still was interested. Yeah. And I'm glad we took a chance. Oh, yeah. This is, this is a good one. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, this is such a good one. What qualifies to be paired with it? This one, and I don't know, again, like, I, like, I. That's why I texted you. I was like, alcohol pairing. You know, I totally forgot. Um, So I don't know exactly. Again, you know how sometimes I'm like, oh, this one because it's a gut thing. Yeah. Uh, I went with Angel's Envy for this one, which is, it's a good whiskey. The bottle is very douchey. Oh my God. The bottle is not great. But like, I don't know. I don't know why. It just kind of seemed like in that weird like one of those like kind of ironic sarcastic fits kind of okay i mean like yeah because like one of the things i thought was interesting was the thing with mara about how she would hear like an out-of-tune angel choir yeah and that like so that was what confirmed it for and it confused me too because i was like wait she's hearing some shit too right Mm. so i think that works with the angel's envy yeah plus it's just a good bourbon that yeah, it is good. People try. So. It's it's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I agree. But that bottle, man, oh, so bad. That's yeah, a tough time. That bottle. All right, so we got a little bit of feedback. Oh yeah. So our mystery person in Minnesota has revealed themselves. What? Yes. So in the past, we've talked about this person. They're from Minnesota. That's all we uh-huh. knew because I, I like looked up the area. <laughs> <laughs> so this person has finally revealed themselves and sent us like a full message. Hi, it's T. Or you can call me Todd. So now it's Todd from Minnesota. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Are you surprised by the name? Uh, Were you like expecting like a Marius or something more? 
exotic? No, I just have never met a Todd, I don't think. Oh, no, I do know a Todd. I know a Todd. Or I knew a Todd. I knew I knew a Todd. He I used was... to make out with a Todd in eighth grade. Oh, no, mine was a a drill instructor when I was in marching band. <laughs> <laughs> I did not ever... These are very different experiences Yeah, I did not Todd's. ever make out with that Todd. Yeah, that Todd was such a dick, but we would, like, sneak into other classrooms and make out sometimes. I still just think of, like, you know, the fox todd the fox and the hound is his name todd yeah huh, okay. that's immediately what i think of is the fox <laughs> all right he says so mr t uh which is something else he calls himself in there oh uh, he says i love listening to your podcast rachel your laugh is intoxicating Ooh, that's good because when i listen to my laugh back when i'm editing i'm like oh calm down <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mars, your giggle makes me giggle. Aww. That's very sweet. And I feel that way about your laugh. Um, you're both so upbeat and so informative. Oh, we fooled them. We fooled them all. <laughs> Just kidding. We are uh, the con artists. Yes. Most of the movies you have talked about I have already seen, but I really enjoy listening to your feedback and breakdown because you do a lot of behind the scenes background, which I totally enjoy. Oh. That's nice. That uh, is thanks to you because you're the one who does the research. And I'm, I'm the one who sits here and goes, oh. <laughs> That's because I'm the neurotic and you're the normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me put this out there. Rachel! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Day of the dead fucking blows. It's pure crap. Oh. <gasps> Okay, I got that off my chest. I'm on board with almost all the other movies you like, though. Do you have any feelings about Day of the Dead? You're going to have to remind me which one that it's is. It's the, is that third... the one? No, that's Dawn of the Dead. Oh. Day of the Dead is the one where they're in the bunker with the army. And it has Bub, the, the, the zombie they're teaching to talk. And he'll, like, pick up the phone. And in oh. the end, he has the gun. I don't think I've seen that whole thing. <sighs> I mean, I understand why you think it's garbage. <laughs> But, I mean, you know, like, you see stuff when you're young and you fall in love with it. But it also has, like, the best zombie death. That's the one where there's, like, there's, like, this dickhead captain. I can't think of his name now because it's been so many years. And they tear him apart. And sort of, like, the story behind it is um, they used pig pig guts, right? Mm -hmm. And they had to refrigerate them. And this is shot, like, down in the bayou, right? And over the weekend, the power went out. Oh, I think you told me this story. Or, I, yeah, I think I heard it from and you. And all the pigs guts rotted but they uh, had to use them anyway and if you watch people are tearing them apart and like putting them to their mouths uh, rotten pig uh, fucking guts dude uh, i mean how do you not get like trick trichniosis or whatever the trichinosis that you're like you have yeah. to cook pork right yeah how do you not get that when it's like rotten pig guts oh so on that scene alone i don't know i like day of the dead that's I fine. will have to watch it, I guess. Different strokes for different folks. Um, all right. I grew up watching reruns of uh, the late seven in the late seventies of Hammer films on on TV. Uh, Horror Inc. was a late night TV program that would start in a creepy cemetery with two gates that would open up and would creak loudly in a foggy setting with a voice in the background saying "Welcome to Horror Inc." A hair standing laugh and a hair standing laugh as it would pan to the start of the featured movie. Hmm. Christopher Lee was a vampire as a vampire scared the shit out of me in my youth. Later on when his friend when my friends turn and I turned 16, drive-ins were our VHS slash Blu-rays back in the mid 80s and I remember watching a combo of Dawn of the Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Side note, I have never been to a drive-in. I haven't either and Grants Pass had one. I really want to go to a drive-in someday. Okay, next time you're down fun. here we let's, should let's go to a fucking drive-in we'll get so, in the car and we'll go to yeah we'll go i think something. it would be really fun 
especially if there's a scary movie. Um, Okay, so I saw Dawn of the Dead and Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time and almost lost my shit in the car. I remember getting a sick feeling to my stomach watching these films, but I was hooked. So that was like his starter movies? That's kind of amazing. That's, yeah. Because Texas Chainsaw Massacre is legit. That's jumping into the, you know. The deep end, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess when I was a kid, the first like genuine horror movie I ever saw was uh, Friday the Thirteenth Two. But I, it was not. It was too, I was too young. <laughs> it was at a summer party, and I was like the young kid at the summer party, and so I was trying to like hang with the big kids. And then Jason came through the window with a freaking ice pick, and I was in the bathroom crying. And then my mom had to come, like they had to do the thing where my mom came in like a bathrobe and walked me <laughs> home. <laughs> um what i like about your show like a book club are movies that i haven't watched and would not watch from judging the cover or now the pick of the movie online your show makes me watch these films hopefully this is one of them and for the most part i have enjoyed them but probably wouldn't recommend them to others (laughs) (laughs) because i am alone in my group of friends uh that would be into these kinds of movies oh that's such a bummer like i mean i guess i'm lucky that because that I have so many girlfriends that are into horror or that I inflict horror on um, <laughs> because it's such a social thing for me. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, you and I watch these movies separately, but the fact that we then get to talk yeah. about them. He says, uh, it would be great to get together and throw back some shots and talk horror. I wish we could do that. Uh, he says, you both sound like you would be a riot to party with. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd be fun, right? We can make the sounds like it wouldn't be a total awesome disaster, but it would be. <laughs> he said that would be so cool, but living in Minnesota would be a long, expensive Uber ride back home. That's good. At least he's not dr- drinking and driving, you know? Yeah, you know. By the way, have you watched the movie Blackout? It's on Amazon Prime. Have you? I don't think so. Me neither. I looked it up. I'd never even heard of it. Which, what is this one? Well, he says, I think Mars would like it considering it's post-apocalypse. Okay. No, I have not seen it. Yeah, I looked it up. It has like Custis Mandalore in it. So I think it's kind of like a low budgety kind of jam. Okay. But it's on Amazon Prime. Oh. So Which I can, have. Yeah, and out. you do like post apocalyptic movies. I do. Um, and then he asks, he has a question for you. Mars. By the way, Mars, do you really sleep with an axe? Love you both. Talk to you oh, later. T. I don't anymore because I moved and it's still packed. Oh, well, don't tell people you're unarmed. <laughs> this is going on the I internet. Mean... <laughs> I mean, I doubt you're unarmed. So, yeah. So, that was from our friend in Minnesota, Todd. Yay, He name. has a name. He has a name. Thank you so much for writing that in. It's always so fun to hear from listeners. If you were listening to this and you think, like, I would like to write in, there are lots of ways to get in touch with us. You can send us an email to rachel at zombiegirls.com. You can find our Facebook page and send us messages there. You can t- uh, tweet at us at, at ZG po- You can tweet at us at ZG Podcast. And you can, e- you can leave us a voicemail or text us, although definitely leave your name and where you're calling from to 1-678-694-7759. If you're enjoying the show, one of the best ways that you can support us is by leaving us an iTunes review or rating. That way other people can find us. That would be great. All right, so that's it for this show, except for we have plans for next week mm-hmm. or two weeks from now. Yeah. All right, so this one's my pick. So mm-hmm. I need to know if you've seen this movie. If, if so, I'll come up with a backup. For episode 16, I picked a movie called Let Us Pray. I've seen, it's actually, it's on my list. I haven't watched it. But you haven't it. watched it. Okay. I haven't watched it, but it's been on my list for 
a long time. Awesome. Okay, well, we're finally going to watch it. Because like you, I've had it forever in my queue and never watched it. Okay. So. Perfect. Yes. So we're going to do Let Us Pray. So here's a description from Netflix. A mysterious man arrives at a police station in a rural, secluded Scottish town and unleashes terror on the cops and criminals inside. Unleashed terror. Unleashed terror. Gotta get my Scottish accent. That was good, right? <laughs> that was really good. Was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was like half Scottish, half Tigger. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's it for me. How about you? That I'm just really glad that you liked it. Oh my god, it was so good. Because I was kind of on the fence. I like I really liked it, and I knew there were really creepy elements, but I wasn't sure if like overall big picture, if you would. It's one of my favorite things we've watched. Yeah, it's. I really liked it. It's a quality movie for Yay! sure. All right, take us out. What? Take us out. Oh. All right, well, thanks, everybody. And I know, I promise we're not dead. I know it seemed that way for a minute, but we're back. And hopefully, hopefully we're going to stick back to the schedule, I hope. All right, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. I was with a friend and his friend who lived in Riverside, California and was visiting the area and his parents were like building a house and so it was like half done but they were staying in it and whatever. I don't know. So I went to use the bathroom and I was like super crazy stoned and I'm peeing and his cat came in, this like little white cat and she just like sat there and stared at me and I was like, ugh. Like why do cats like to watch us pee? I don't understand. They love to watch us pee. All of them. Like. Some power move, like some more than others, but like, Uh and so I'm peeing, like whatever, and I go back in the room and I was like, dude, your cat just stared the shit out of me while I was peeing, and he was like, we don't have a cat, (gasps) and I was like, shut up, and I was like, are you fucking with me right now? Because I'm super high, and he was like, no, like I'm too stoned to even try to fuck with you right now. We do not own a cat, but we never found the cat. Not that we like went on a search party for it. Still, that's super creepy. That's (laughs) like the who was phone of a cat watching you pee. What if your ghost just like wants to talk about the latest episode of some like of like Westworld or something? I know maybe they're just trying to communicate to be like, stop rewatching Family Guy. We've seen all the seasons. <laughs> Big Little Lies is really good. Start that. <laughs> oh, this is the other creepy story I want to tell you. I'm oh, sorry. No, I, no, no. I no tell me. Well. Tell me. Tell so, me. Okay. Do you remember that time that I told you I had a nightmare and I woke up the way they do in movies where I would like sat up? And yes. like, <gasps> it was one of those things that like I didn't believe people actually did that in real life. Yeah. Neither did you. And then it happened to me. Yeah. So and I've woken myself up like snoring, you know, where I wake up and like someone was snoring. Oh, that was me. Crazy. I woke up, woke myself up laughing. You did. So I woke up to myself cackling with laughter <laughs> and it's scared. And like as soon as I woke up. And stop laughing. The first thought that went in my head was, I just had someone else's dream. Oh, my God. And it was, like, this just total, like, just makes sense. This is what's happening. There was another energy that was, like, this is my life story and sent me a like, this is what I was thinking when I woke up. And that's why I was laughing Mm-mm. because it, I was laughing at them showing me. A scene from their life and it oh, was like a funny no. thing and as soon as, and like so i woke up laughing i was like oh i just had someone else's dream <gasps> i just had no. someone else's dream. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, turned on the light and i just sat there and i was like the fuck is that? and so then i had to work myself down from like oh yeah because you know even as an adult if you wake up from a nightmare your part of you is still like that like reptile part of your brain is still like there's something under the bed yeah you know? no and so like now in retrospect i'm like well obviously it was like i mean was that obviously I can, I, right but like i can tell myself like 
potentially you can rationalize i had a dream yeah that this was someone else's you know whatever that someone was telling me a story blah blah but like i remember being so like i know that the sky is blue i know that i can't breathe water and i know that somebody just like some other energy just gave me a story of their life to share with me like and it wasn't even like oh i don't recognize the story or like this is not a story from my past like it was in my head as someone else being like oh let me tell you a story and then I woke up laughing oh to it. Oh, my God. And I don't, I don't remember what the story was. You got to get out of that house, girl. I remember it being, like, <laughs> funny, but I, I, like, woke, like, opened my eyes to the sound of my voice laughing. It was, and it was, like, not a laugh that I normally do. Like, it was. It was, like, a stranger's yeah. laugh? Oh, yeah, my but God. But it was coming out of me. And it was so weird. That is super creepy. <gasps> I can't believe I forgot that one. I just gave myself goosebumps. That is so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah. 